This is Scott Richmond, the director for New York and New Jersey for ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, coming to you from the front lines. ADL is on the front line every day fighting anti-Semitism and hate, and this show brings that to you from the WVOX studios in New York. For ADL, the front line has always been about fighting extremism. ADL Center on Extremism has literally been doing this for decades. Since the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol by extremists, though, so many others have joined the fight. To galvanize these efforts and to help curb extremism, ADL presented its PROTECT plan in February of this year to the Homeland Security Committee of Congress. Here with us today to describe this plan and what has happened since February is Carmiel Arbit. ADL's Director of Government Relations covering anti-Semitism and extremism. Welcome, Carmiel, to From the Frontlines. Thank you for the incredible programming that you are doing. I can't say how important it is that you are helping to bring the message and the work that ADL is doing and the threats that we're facing on a daily basis to such a large audience. So thank you again. Thanks so much, Carmiel. So let's start with the basics. What is the PROTECT plan? The PROTECT plan is a plan that came together, as you said in your introduction, um, in response to the January 6th insurrection, um, which had been fueled by violent conspiracy theories and white supremacy, um, and yet was in many ways the least surprising attack in history, um, because it was planned in plain sight online. Um, But what we understood after January 6th was that now that the threat of domestic extremism had become so real to members of Congress, that there was both a necessity and an opportunity to engage Congress on this issue. And so ADL put together the PROTECT plan, an acronym, where each letter of PROTECT stands for something. And I'll take you through it briefly. Um, But that calls for a whole-of-government, whole-of-society approach to addressing domestic extremism. There's no silver bullet that will solve this problem, um, but rather a number of different pieces. And so what we did is we called on the government to prioritize, that's the P, prioritize preventing and countering domestic extremism. R, resource according to the threat. O, oppose extremists in government service. T, take domestic terrorism prevention measures. E, and the complicity of social media in facilitating extremism. C, creating an independent clearinghouse for online extremist content. And finally, the T in PROTECT is targeting foreign white supremacist terrorist groups. Each of the letters in this acronym has a corresponding policy action that goes along with it. Uh, it sounds very comprehensive. Tell us a bit about how this this has been received on Capitol Hill. So what we've seen is a really an interesting moment on Capitol Hill. And, and one of the challenges you always have with Congress is that there are inflection points. Something like January 6th will happen and then people will move on to the next crisis, whether it's an infrastructure bill or Afghanistan. And so one of the challenges is always to sustain congressional interests and the most pressing issues, even when they fade from the headlines. Unfortunately, this issue often finds its way back into the headlines. Um, But what we've been seeing, which has been in many ways surprising, is a sustained whole of Congress interest in the subject. So we've seen a number of different committees holding hearings, which ADL CEO had a chance to testify just a few weeks ago at Senate Homeland Security Committee. We'll be testifying again for Veterans Affairs Committee. All different committees are really taking up this issue and trying to tackle it in lots of different ways, whether it's holding hearings, building accountability within government, or introducing legislative initiatives, and in some cases, passing that legislation. 
Let's take a step back. I, I know that part of your role with ADL is meeting very regularly with members of Congress and their staff to discuss this plan. When you do so, how do you frame the situation with extremism in this country and the, the need for such a plan but besides January 6th, which, which I feel was really you know, a tipping point but not, not the full picture? So there's a couple of different things that we think about when we're having conversations with members of Congress. The first, of course, is who. In order to be effective on Capitol Hill in a government that is as, in a, a Congress, I should say, that is as narrowly, narrowly held by the Democratic Party as this Congress, we have to be really careful about building bipartisan support for this effort. Combating domestic extremism is something that many Democratic lawmakers take for granted, and yet Republican lawmakers see as politically charged. And so one of the things that we focus on is that ADL is prioritizing the threat of domestic extremism, regardless of where it comes from. And we're equally concerned about its different manifestations. So whether that extremism manifests online or that the online manifestations of extremism then turn into real-life actions of harm, um, we make sure that we're talking about it from a politically dispassionate perspective. So that's the first thing. Second, as a Jewish organization and an organization dedicated to fighting hate, um, we have found that extremists, particularly domestic extremists, are responsible for some of the most violent manifestations of hate um, against communities across America. It's important to remember that, again, not just just the Jewish community is affected by this, but all communities, minorities. This has really become a growing blight in American society. And so we try to talk about both the big picture, we focus heavily on data um, and what the numbers show, and then we also start looking at, depending on who we're talking to, how it's affecting different members of Congress and their districts, um, what's going on in their states, because that really helps members connect the threat of extremism. Have there been pieces of legislation that have already been spawned from this PROTECT plan? Absolutely. So let me talk a little bit about some of the, the legislation that we've been prioritizing. First was the COVID-19 No Hate Act, which increased hate crime reporting um, across the country at the federal level. This was a huge bipartisan victory that passed in the House and Senate, was signed by the president. Um, and it's something that really brought together both sides of the aisle to target hate in a comprehensive way. We see that as a really critical first step as we think about more ways to combat hate. The second key piece of legislation that's been floating around that has been introduced with 200 co-sponsors in the House is the Domestic Terrorism Prevention Act. What this bill will do is create designated offices within the federal government to specifically address the problem of domestic extremism. You know, one of the problems that federal agencies have is that whatever the issue of the day is may occupy their attention, but it comes at the expense of something else, and it may change on any given basis. That makes future planning really difficult, and it makes it difficult to ensure that there are sufficient resources for really big threats like this. So what the Domestic Terrorism Prevention Act does is it requires data and reporting and then allocating resources based off of that data to ensure that the right threats are getting the right amount of resources. So that's a bill that we're actively working on right now. A third piece that we're working on right now is called nonprofit security grants, and this is something that's passed before. One of the key issues is ensuring that nonprofit organizations, whether they be Jewish or religious or not religious, 
um, have access to grants that will help them underwrite their security. What this does is rather than prevention, which is what the, the second piece I had discussed does, is it helps them defend when those attacks happen. And so what we're pushing for is to see that money increased. We've successfully advocated to have those funding for that grant specifically doubled in years past, and we're continuing to fight to have those numbers go up as well. So this is a time when Congress is uh, understandably distracted with lots of things. What are the chances that this legislation will pass in the, the way we hope? This is a moment where it becomes really important for constituents to get engaged. Members of Congress, as you said, as I had mentioned earlier, are distracted by lots of different things and only have so much bandwidth on the one hand. On the other hand, when they hear from their constituents, that these issues are priorities, and they prioritize them too. And so I can't urge you and your listeners and all of the folks who are engaging in this program to reach out to your members of Congress to urge them to support this legislation. We remain optimistic. I think that the nonprofit security grants are definitely going to pass. The question will be at what level. We'd like to see those grants double. And the Domestic Terrorism Prevention Act, members of Congress, across the country need to be hearing from their constituents that this is a still a priority for them and they will make it a priority too. And how can they do that uh, in, the, in the best way? First, I would refer you to the ADL website where there are all sorts of resources that can help you engage your members of Congress. I would also encourage you to reach out to your local ADL offices to help get involved with different mobilizations that we do holding meetings for constituents with members of Congress and joining other events with those members to help their voice be heard. There's a whole section on the Protect Plan uh, on the ADL website, and we will put the link to that uh, Protect Plan in the show notes. Uh, Just one final question. Should our listeners also be encouraging their state legislatures to take action at the state level? Absolutely. I think one of the most important things with respect to the PROTECT plan, again, is the whole of government aspect to this whole of society approach. The federal government has a number of tools and resources at its disposal, including particularly the power of the purse, to take on these issues head on. But state and local governments have the ability to do so as well. And so I would similarly urge people to engage their state and local elected officials. Across the nation, we're seeing different forms of legislation, resolutions, and different bills that tackle this problem from different angles, and I would urge you to support those as well. Uh, people often have relationships with their state legislators that are a little bit deeper than uh, than their federal legislators. So with that, I will say thank you so much, Carmiel, not only for being on the show, uh, but also for the hard work you're doing every day with our legislators to fight anti-Semitism and extremism. Thank you again, Scott. And of course, a big thank you to the listeners who tuned in to From the Frontlines, either live on WVOX 1460 AM or as a podcast. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or on Spotify to ensure that you do not miss a show. Just search for From the Frontlines.